just a reminder that we do have our Patreon, and if you could go and support us, that would be brilliant. It keeps the podcast going, pays all the bills and stuff like that, so it is really, really helpful, and we love everyone who's on there. Thank you very much. Go to patreon.com forward slash HM4AS, the four being the number four, and if you could give us a couple of quid a month, that'd be brilliant. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Hello. It's Mick and Lucy from the popular tattoo-based podcast, How Much for a Sleeve. And we'd like to give a few moments over to our new sponsor, DSM Tattoo Machines. Lucy, tell us a bit about them. Well, Mick, DSM Tattoo Machines make exceptional coils and now a new rotary. Tattoo machines, not guns. You can check them out at dsmtattoo.co.uk. And don't forget, you get 10% off with discount code SLEEVE10. They also make a range of needles. You can find them at lockdownneedle.co.uk. I think they're very nice. How much for the screen? Hello, everyone, and welcome to How Much for a Sleeve a podcast about tattooing hosted by an actual tattooist. Lucy. And an actual knob, Mick. We are doing things a little bit differently today because we're going straight into an episode because we've run out of time because it's yesterday. So <laughs> um, we're doing This whole all. week's been yesterday. We're straight in. No fucking about, no faff, no talk about fucking pets or anything like that. We, we can't talk I about I mean, pets, but... we could talk about our guest pets, but yeah. not our week. Yes, so, Sophie Rose is here. Thank you very much for coming on. What did I say? Oh, it's just Sophie. Oh. <laughs> it's going really well. Should we yeah. leave the introductions to me? This week yeah. we're talking to Sophie Rose Hunter, or as we know her, Sophie. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you? I'm, good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, With it. We're doing okay. Oh, thanks so much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. It's been a bit of a drama getting getting it on together. Thank you for coming on at short notice. You're yeah. a superstar. Thank you so much. Aww. But we have we've hoped to have you on for a while, so it's all worked out really well. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> um, so whereabouts do you work, Sophie? So I work at Seven Doors. I've been there for just over a year, and which feels a bit strange because four months of that year was in lockdown but um but yeah working with amazing people there I love it yeah what a great shop where were you before I was at Frith Street for two and a half years um which I also loved but um but yeah I'm happy where I am now this is good time Charlie and you're listening to how much for a sleeve so we are back we had a technical difficulty (laughs) <laughs> and it wasn't me fucking up names or introductions this time. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're back. And it wasn't me shouting profanities either. That makes yeah, a change. I've been, in, yeah, I've been instructed I'm not allowed to say anything bad today because Mick hasn't got time to edit it. So normally I drop, drop in names yeah, of like offensive freaking... people and, and shout stuff. But I'm not allowed. Not allowed no, today. No, you are not. <laughs> so don't. <laughs> um, let's get back to Sophie's impressive um, 
list of shops that amazing shops that you've worked in so where did you have you done an apprenticeship or how did you get yeah, into tattooing apprenticeships okay so I, did, I did an apprenticeship with that's how I met Matt Stops um I went to like every shop in London with my little shit drawings and <laughs> um and was like I had no idea what I was doing. Just a tattooer when, when I was getting tattooed said, um, I was like, how do you become a tattooer? And she was just like, write a list of all the shops in London with your favorite ones first and take your drawings to all of them and beg them to tell you what's wrong with them. And I did that for like six months, which isn't actually that long when I've heard like what some people have to do, but I went to so many and I kind of thought nothing was going to happen and I got a job as a receptionist at Love Hate Social Club um, in Notting Hill and then um, while I was working there I um, it's kind of a shitty thing to do that's why they don't want to hire people who want to be tattooers as receptionists because they inevitably do what I did so um, <laughs> and then I kind of used that as leverage to get an apprenticeship so I was like I already know how to clean tubes and they were like brilliant can you work here so it was a shop called one by one um and I was there for a year that's where I met Matt he had just finished his apprenticeship and I was basically like learning a lot from him and there was a woman called Lane Freefall who was there and she was showing me a lot of stuff as well but um but ultimately like Matt left the shop and I really wanted like I wasn't sure what to do with myself with him leaving so um so yeah then I went to Song Blue and um and I, I never pronounce it right I've never I'm not going <laughs> to pronounce it right um I don't know I, I wouldn't yeah. even know either to be honest <laughs> pronounce in French but I'm not going to pronounce it in French yeah um, I always feel bad doing that which is, is probably the correct thing to do because there's been a lot of beat I'm going to talk about sport for a minute and I'm sorry about that but there's there's <laughs> been a real thing about um especially with African names in the Premier League, that white 50-year-old men who commentate on it don't even bother trying to learn. They just say it as it would be if, those, if that was an English word. So there's a bloke who plays for right. Liverpool called, called Sajor Mane, but his Christian name is spelled S-A-D-I-O. And everyone just says Sadio. And no one's ever asked him. And someone, he's been in the Premier League for maybe six, seven years now. And wow. But if if someone had gone Sajor, all the everyone would have gone, oh, that's nice, say it. So people just don't bother. <laughs> so you try and do it right with an accent. I always feel like it's definitely the correct thing to do, but you always I always feel a little bit Brexit if I put on a little accent when I'm saying something. Well, I feel name. a bit pretentious saying like because I yeah. know it's like Sajor, but I feel really pretentious when I say it. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. I think because I, sound, I feel like I'm sound like I'm trying to put on like a French accent, mm. um, which I am. So, um, but yeah, so Song Blue, I was there for two and a half years. And um, yeah, Maxime, um, I went to I went to Maxime and I had, I dropped off my drawings there and I went back there a couple of days later. I was going to go get tattooed, my hands tattooed by uh, Ryan Jessamine at Old Habits and like Song Blue's on the way to Old Habits. So I stopped in there just to see if Maxime was there. I'd never met him before. And, um, and I was like, hey, I wondered if you'd seen my book. And he spoke to me quite briefly and um and said that that he wanted me to start there which I was so I couldn't believe how easy it was um it wasn't it wasn't really in that moment because that was quite brief he did ask me to come back but they kind of gave me a trial period and um yeah I'm so grateful to him and I think like I I always got the feeling he felt a little bit sorry for me because I was because I just left an apprenticeship after a year I just started doing 
really terrible tattoos and um and, and like and he gave me a chance without much of an interview he gave me a chance and really like some of my drawings were okay and some of them it's actually quite funny how bad they are like I, my roses look like potatoes somehow they were just like very dumpy and hobby like, very weighty looking it's an upgrade um, from from a cabbage yeah not cabbage, but very potato-like. Um, but very, I'm, very I'm glad I still have it. There were, yeah, very dense. Like there were definitely good drawings in there, but way more shit ones than good ones. But maybe he <laughs> was just like clinging on to the ones, which was very kind of him. Um, but yeah, so I started what? my friendship from the beginning. Sorry. Oh no, sorry. I was just going to say, what sort of stuff did you? What sort of things were you drawing, or what was in your portfolio? So um, I. I think like tattooers who I I didn't know much about tattooing at all and um, I like I'm still astounded that anyone hired me as an apprentice I just <laughs> didn't know that much about tattoo. tattooers I, I really knew of like I loved Rebecca Vincent like I loved all the tattooers I liked were dot work tattooers um, I loved Rebecca Vincent and Tamara Lee like one of my first like big tattoo on my arm was by Tamara Lee and um and so I just wanted to do like dot work animals and and plants I had zero interest in anything else and I like I was told oh you need to put some traditional in your book um when you're looking for an apprenticeship so I was like oh traditional that looks really easy so I just like copied what I thought was traditional and I was like oh that's easy anyone can do it and copied these really really shitty drawings of I did like a like a pin-up and I did a rose and they're, they're just hilarious when I look at them now I still have them um but yeah and it was it was good like when I went to different shops looking for an apprenticeship um people people were very very honest they were like this is nothing I think it was like I remember I think remember someone's pointing at my attempt at traditional saying this is nothing that is cold and that isn't was, it Oh no, I didn't. I didn't mind. I was just like so eager. So I was like, okay, cool. Oh, I won't be that anymore. Yeah, I try. I did the same. Like when I I had a portfolio, and it was before I was. I was when I was trying to get into tattooing, and I showed um, uh, my friend Danielle, who is Danielle Rose Tattoo, and she was already tattooing, and we went out for dinner, and I had my book, and I was like, please, can you look at it? And uh, she's looking through, and she was like looking at the traditional I tried to do, and I tried to use like what are those mark they're like what kind of markers? Um, I can't think what they're called. And I tried to use those, and she was like, "This and this looks like different people, like different artists. Get rid of this, keep this." <laughs> but it is, it was like at the time you're like, "Oh, I don't think it was that bad," and then you look back and you're like, "Oh my god, it was so bad." and I'd probably be the same now as well with somebody like just it's better just to be do you think that helps you having someone who could be honest with you and it not not like wouldn't just say now we're all right and then say did you see them drawings they were shit when you've left the fact that you knew (laughs) you knew her that you knew that she would be or she had a more of an idea of what was what would go down well yeah you could have that before you actually went in somewhere rather than just going straight in yeah I knew she wouldn't be like she wouldn't break my heart but she'd be she'd give constructive constructive criticism and help help me really I knew she had like her best interest rather than sometimes taking it into a stranger and they they don't worry about your feelings do they they'll just be like 
yeah, that's really fit. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to be a barber. <laughs> I think that but, is, this is nothing is really, that's a cold thing to say. Yeah. I, was, I was at a stand. <laughs> but I mean, it obviously. I, <clears throat> sorry, go on. got to I it. Find it I find it helpful because I just, someone, someone said to me, like, you've got to learn to have a thick skin. And I haven't always had a yeah. thick skin. Like I have actually cried after someone told me that all my drawings were shit like I have I have been really like sensitive about it but um but like at that time I just knew it was so important for me to take on what people were saying and I still try and do that now like I can still be sensitive and I still want people to like what I'm doing but every I find like every every few months I have a phase where I just think I want my tattoos to get better and the only way to really do that is you need a fresh pair of eyes and someone who you trust to tell you the truth to say like what you're doing right now like this thing you're doing is not working you need to stop doing it and you need to do it more like this and just like have the humility to say okay yeah it's so, so true like... <laughs> oh is that is that the dog that's not allowed in that's the needy one He's scratching at the door. It's like, oh, bless him. <laughs> is, will it be? It, will it be chaos? Is it game over if if you let him in? He would be okay, but the two little goblins I have on the bed will scream at him because he's going to want it's it's carnage. Like it's not necessarily him. Oh, I mean, maybe oh. I, could, I could try. <laughs> I'm interested okay. to see what happens. We like. You want to see? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you I'm I'll, I'll put the camera down so you can watch the chaos unfold. Oh my okay, god! Really? They're literally adorable. So we—I don't know if it was before we were recording, but Sophie's got Chihuahua cross Pomeranians, and they're two sitting on the bed, and they just look like fluffy old men, from what I can see. Oh, oh my In god! <laughs> is he see- oh, Look at what him. kind is what kind is he? Sh- are they. Oh dear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was that, Mick? Uh, look at that tail. That looks like a feather duster. Feather duster. Amazing. <laughs> Deary me. This is really horrible. Oh, they are they're so adorable, though. Look at that instant jealousy. The big one's like. I'm the I'm the favorite, and the other two were like, "What? Oh!" So, have you got one other dog as well? Did you say? Well, my housemate has a corgi, but he <gasps> like came here when he was a puppy, so I kind of count him as my own. Oh, and he's um hunting. <laughs> very special. What are their names? All of them. So uh, this is this is River, River Hunter, and Lila. Is Hunter hunt called Hunter Hunter? So, um, so I stole because I wanted a name. My surname is like my full name, like my birth name is really really common. So, um, like it's Williams. So, and there are so many people called Sophie Rose Williams. Um, so that's that's my real name. But um, but I wanted a name that made that was like more searchable. On, on um on instagram so i stole my dog's name oh maybe i should have done that my cat's <laughs> called elvis it could have been lucy elvis tattoos that's a good, that's yeah. a good one yeah yeah but it seemed it seemed appropriate to steal hunter's name yeah because unfortunately 
if you type Sophie Rose Williams into Google, there are like millions of results. So I thought <laughs> it was better for better to have a slightly different name. Branding. I'm going to rebrand <laughs> yeah. now. Maybe I wonder if there's an. What should you rebrand as? Yeah. You said you didn't want me to say anything nasty. No, you can say anything nasty to me. <laughs> not people we don't know. No, not. I wouldn't say anything nasty to you, Sophie. I'd just probably drop in a name of like. Don't. Say so, Mick Egg. That'll do. <laughs> Mick Egg. Mick Egg in a nest. Mick Bald. <laughs> Mick Bald. Like Bald. McLovin, but Mick Bald. Anyway. Mick Bald Tash. Tash Mick Bald. There we go. Perfect. Uh, Elvis has been crying in the other room and he's just stalked back in. He must have heard his name. He's like, that's my name, bitch. I'm going to come in and knock some stuff off the shelf. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so you did your second apprenticeship at Sang Blue. Yes. Is that amazing. God, you've got you've worked at some incredible shops, haven't you? Yeah, I've been so lucky too. Um, Sun Blue was amazing. I worked with so many incredible tattooers. Like one of my favorite people I worked with was Sarah Shaw. Um, I learned so much from her. She was so like generous with her knowledge and she would really go through like my drawings with me. And um, and yeah, I'm still I still know her like I left that shop. I can't, even, I can't I find my sense of time's really warped since lockdown. I, I like yeah. keep missing a year or adding a year somehow. But um yeah. but yeah, we're still in touch, which is really nice um and um and yeah then I went to I got offered a job at Thrift Street about six months after I finished my friendship at Song Blue um which was kind of a weird thing I was getting tattooed by Oliver McIntosh quite a lot and um and I was planning on staying at Song Blue and um and then Dante like called me he got my name out of the diary and um he talked to me a few times when I was getting tattooed and he just said do you want to work here and I said I do not think I'm good enough to work there I was so confused um and he said well I think you're good enough and I think you're going to get better and I want you to come and work here um and I didn't really know what to do because I didn't want to betray Maxime and I wanted to be respectful and everything but I also felt like this was a crazy opportunity so I took it and um and I bought I bought Maxime um like he loves things that smell really good. So I bought him like um, one of the black diptyque candles. Um, he, he loves stuff like that. And he sent me a message afterwards being like, you really didn't have to buy me a present. Um, so I felt really, I felt like really dorky for doing that. But, um, but yeah, I'm glad it was, it was, like, on, it was on like okay terms, I hope. And um, and yeah, then I started at Frisch Street, which was slightly terrifying. And I felt like I was definitely getting hazed a bit. <laughs> um when, when I got there they were just like quite a lot but it was fine they're all so lovely there god how amazing so how did you go from being there to um where you are now um so when lockdown happened um I to, sorry to turn the conversation a little bit dark but um, my dad died a month before was it a month no it was a month after lockdown my dad died of covid and um he had been really really sick so I was his like he was in a nursing home but I was kind of his primary carer out like 
other than at the nursing home I'd taken care of him for years before he went in there and um and so he was in there and I was going to visit him a lot and he was getting like progressively worse with his dementia so I was um I was going to visit him a lot and like the last few months before lockdown at Frith Street I was getting quite overwhelmed with Mm. like I think I think I had quite bad imposter syndrome being there because everyone had been tattooing for such a long time and was so good and I kind of always felt like I I, oh no Lila don't growl um yeah I think like I I just put myself under a lot of pressure to be constantly getting better and I think like the the stress of the pressure that I was putting on myself to be as good as I possibly could be and the pressure of being there for my dad who was essentially like dying um that was just too much and then in lockdown when he died I went back to work after lockdown and I felt I think I kind of lost it actually I didn't feel like myself it was okay in lockdown I was like so I had all that time to deal with it but then when I went back to work when the pace started picking up because we would do like a lot of tattoos in the day lots of walk-ins it was it was like a very fast-paced shop and I just couldn't handle it with like um with I think dealing with the grief and stuff I couldn't I couldn't deal with it and so um so I wanted to be like really respectful to Dante um and I didn't look for another job first I just thought like I'm not going to look for anything else behind his back because I feel like that would be really disrespectful um because we work on like a family that's how I felt um and also I was so grateful to him for everything so um so I just said to him I'm not very happy at at the moment and um and so that's how I left it there um but stayed like on really good times with everyone I talked to everyone about it and like I've I've seen them pretty consistently since I left the shop um and stayed in touch with everyone all the time which is really really nice because I I genuinely love those guys very much um and it was just like it was just really bad circumstances that led to me leaving really um and then I called my friend Raf Raf Delalande um who I've known for about five years and um I asked him like what he thought I should do and he said let me talk to John Dix and I'll call you back and he called me back half an hour later so this is like half an hour after I left Rift Street um he said I'll call you back in half an hour and so within an hour of leaving Frith Street, I had a job at Seven Doors. Wow. So, yeah, so my gamble of not looking for another job worked out really well. And that was my number. I wrote down a list before I, I, I left Frith Street. I wrote down a list of all the shops I'd love to work at. And I'd been tattooed at Seven Doors a bunch of times. I got tattooed by like Dan Sin and by Claudia. And I loved it there. I'd go visit Raf and I'd go visit like Loki when he was an apprentice there. And um, yeah, I just really liked it. And I'd, done, I'd been in an exhibition that Raf put on, the Calvarium exhibition. So it that was just my number one choice. And I knew like a, a couple of people who worked there already. So that, like, I didn't even know John Dix. I'd never met him or Deno before. So it seemed insane to me that they would accept me to come work there when I didn't even know them. But it worked out so well. Oh, wow. Well. So sorry to hear about your dad. And thanks for talking so openly about that. Because that can't be easy. So appreciate that. Thank you. Um, while 
You were talking about that. Elvis decided to be a fuck. So you might have seen my mute button go on the whole time. And he was like, I've got a clothes air on. He jumped in that. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He does know what he's doing. But now, and then I had to mute again because he came up and was purring so loudly. So, like, here he is. Hello. So, what a distinguished young man. (laughs) Very handsome. (laughs) He just shook his head. Lindo. He is an absolute. Our boys on our laps. Look at him. I know. He is a little psychopath, though. Yeah, he's half Burmese and he is just like the his personality is all Burmese and his looks apart from his ears are like all just normal cat he is so naughty just the naughtiest cat ever he's such a little shit but sorry Hunter's naughty and Lila is pure evil she's (laughs) we always say she's so tiny and so full of hate yeah, that's what my my cat. I've got a cat that uh, <clears throat> is very very loving, but is fueled by rage, by violence. <laughs> constantly on the way she walks around. She's like, I've got two other cats, and they sort of stride in, and they they're both quite grand in how they carry themselves. Where they're, they're always high, and Moon's constantly. She's like a you know how a dog walks across like a floor sniffing for trying to find little morsels. She's like she's like scurrying around like that, yelling. She just, <laughs> she just smashes stuff. She's so funny. So funny. Pets are just the best. Like I sometimes it makes me sad actually to look at Elvis and I think God, I he is the best thing at the best forty quid I ever spent. <laughs> it just brings me so much joy. Yeah, and I hope he lives forever. Truly, I hope he's going to be the oldest cat there ever was because I just. Yeah, 40 pounds. <laughs> I know that's no lockdown price, is it? That ages him. Right. <laughs> Somebody that's said to me the other day they'd spent 200 pounds on a kitten, just yeah. like a normal kitten. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. And that just, um, what's the word, encourages people to do, don't get their cats spayed, have more, get, don't look after them, get lazy, don't give them their yeah. jabs. <clears throat> they end yeah. up with bad badly behaved kittens that then people go oh, this is too hard i'll give that a cat shit, yeah. on the, cat shit on the floor once so i'm giving it back i'm giving it to a shelter i know sad yeah i know I was, i've thought plenty of times about returning elvis just because he's such a little fuck like when he breaks fucking 100 year old vases and shit like that but then i see his little face uh, <laughs> can't be cross with him when i, I got hunter, when i first got hunter i wanted to give him back he was such a dick <laughs> <laughs> like he was um the reason he was getting rehomed was because the family like he wasn't getting abused or anything the family could not deal with him he had severe aggression and behavioral problems oh. he would but he bit me and my housemates really really deep and drew blood when we first got him like if you touched him on his waist he would bite you if you went near oh. him he, was eating, he would bite you and I think it was just the family had two little kids who were like I don't think they really knew how to handle him and it made him really sensitive and reactive. Mm. And he's still still a complete nuisance, but he's very well behaved now compared to what he was like. Oh, just where he's meant to be. Yeah. It's not meant to be easy. There's you have to go for a process of training them. And, uh, you know, I fucking got loads of mates. and I I don't train my dogs. I I do it all myself. I think you, you don't know anything about 
animal husbandry or <laughs> behavioral you know all, all my dogs are fine so they're not they're fucking terrified of you that does <laughs> then they're not happy they're fucking yeah. shit scared because you kick them you chuck them in a the van and boot them oh you know because because they behave when you shriek at them doesn't mean that they're well-rounded family pets that's yeah. it where I volunteer next door, they've got um they used to have an old chocolate lab called um like the business next door called this old chocolate lab was called Lucy, funnily enough. And then um sadly Lucy passed, but then they got a new little um cockapoo puppy called Mia. Oh my god, she's the most adorable thing. She literally wheezes on my feet. She gets oh. so excited, she just wheezes all over. <laughs> Hunter does that when I came home from holiday. I was wearing a tracksuit and he just oh. all over it. And it's like, oh. it's like that, weeks. That's what Mick does. That's what, that's what I do. You see, when, when everyone came back out of lockdown, I was just there pissing over everyone. So sorry, <laughs> everyone, sorry, about so- my, sorry about the particles, everyone. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> oh, it's fireworks. Hunter's scared. It's okay, baby. Come on. Oh, oh I wish they we've, could ban them. We've, we've, we've gone in studs up about fireworks on this pod before it's a very anti-firework podcast yeah and I mean, give me a cuddle one second oh, oh, that, oh mate. that is a full-on cuddle oh my god hey, that is arms on shoulders oh that little face very good cuddle he just he really needs a cuddle when there's fireworks oh so oh that's adorable why letting them off a day early as well? If you're going to do it, do it all in. Uh, everyone, I if know. you're going to do it, you should all do it. You've got half an hour, but everyone's got to do them between yeah. half yeah. six and seven. And then if you do it after that, you get you shot. You have, to put a, <laughs> you have to put a firework up your bum if you do it after seven. Yeah. yeah. Elvis has decided now to lick his bum. Hey, talking mm. of bums. Talking of bums. Um, so we have a question that we ask everybody that comes on the pod, and it is, if you were stuck on a desert island, what three tattooists would you like to have with you? Um, so let me have a think. I'd definitely like Jordan Tears to be there because he's insane and hilarious. <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Tear, and um, I would want my friend Anna from Seven Doors whose um, Instagram name is Tiger Tits because she <laughs> is my work wife and I love her and every time her husband and her work both work at Seven Doors her husband's um, Alex um, Ali Bones and um, and I, he's in a lot more than she is like on the days that I'm in and every time he comes in I say where is my wife <laughs> we, have an, yeah, we just have like an ongoing joke that I'm trying to steal her from him <laughs> I would probably have like Jordan Tia tiger tits or leopard breasts as we like to call her (laughs) (laughs) and I wonder who the last one would be um I'd probably quite like Raph to be there but Raph from Seven Doors because he's just like a very calm like loving person and very very creative and I think having the three of them there they're constantly drawing all the time so the time would go by really well would just be like drawing and painting the entire time that sounds like an awesome way to yeah. survive on a desert island and you can like I said you can make up your own rules it might be a desert island that you can't get off but there is a paint shop there with all of your stationary <laughs> needs <laughs> fully <laughs> stocked <clears throat> make up your own rules prepared. we we came prepared we like strapped the paintbrushes to ourselves or we're like we're paint we're getting really creative we're like painting in 
the sand or we're like burning wood and using the charcoal see we're creative <laughs> we're fine oh <laughs> uh, what i would do to be on a desert island right now I'm weirdly enjoying winter. I was like, because I feel like this winter is really boring and depressing. Yeah. Not the winter, the summer was really boring and depressing. And um, and so I'm quite like enjoying being all cozy with like hat and yeah. gloves and a big jacket. I know. Well, I, went to yeah. the, I went to the seaside last week. Just went to Scarborough and there's something quite British, I think, about being, being we're going to the sea. But we know we're going to be freezing, but we still go to the seaside. <laughs> I think I, I love it. Put my feet in the water, even though I know it's going to burn. Did you? Just, yeah, I do all the time. I feel, there's When we first went out of lockdown, we went to Robin Hood's Bay near Whitby. And I put my feet in the sea there and had a little weep because um, I had this weird sense of freedom just from having, having been locked down for so long. Then we were allowed out and being outdoors with my feet in the sea, and then my feet were touching the sea that goes on forever, forever, everywhere. And it mm. felt, you know what I mean, it just felt like whoa, it hit me. Yeah, it felt like got me, got me choked. Thinking, glad that's over. That was naive, wasn't it? <laughs> that that was very beautiful, and I'm really sorry, but I laughed when you said it because I thought you were saying I put my feet in the water and I had a little wee. <laughs> <laughs> well, given what we were talking about a minute ago with how I. How I, I greet you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I just it's ruined that beautiful moment, didn't I? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> he fair, probably did both. Yeah. Like, to be honest. And it's it's nice for it's nice for someone else to ruin it rather than me. So <laughs> that's, <for> that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um I was gonna say looking at your neck tattoos they look so nice what are your favorite tattoos that you've got do you think if you can pin it down so my favorite tattoos I find this question very easy to answer because I don't have one favorite but it's all of these like the ones on my chest and the ones on my neck that I just think they look really good together and I think it's also because they're all things that I tattoo all the time as well so um, yeah like snake scorpion rose butterfly I love tattooing those things um and yeah, they're by like some of my favorite tattoos as well. So the snake's by Claudia. Um, and the scorpion is by Oliver McIntosh. The rose is by Chris Garber. And the butterfly is by Valerie Vargas. Oh, what a nice collection. So, yeah, yeah kind of, they're basically my four favorite tattooers. So it's like a very nice thing for me to look at. Lush. Have you got any more books? And they all... And they all oh I'm actually getting a huge piece on my thigh by Valerie at the moment um so I've been saving it's like my last space um my last like proper space so it's from my waist to my knee to like under my knee and all the way around it's actually quite big if you imagine that stretched out it's quite a huge space um so we have done four sessions so far I've got a huge skull on my thigh with um a snake winding around it and uh, a girl head on the back and three chrysanthemums oh. and I think the next session we're doing the snake's gonna coil, coil on my like butt cheek with um with a big eye in the center oh, cool. and I 
can't help I can't help but think because it's an eye and then my butt is stink eye. Wow. <laughs> 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 no. Yep. I like well, I mean I don't I was gonna say I like that, but I don't. <laughs> oh, don't worry, you can, you can edit that out, feel free. Uh, that's, what want. That's, what, that's what people Absolutely want. Absolutely not. People yeah. want people want the bum chat. That'll get us up the ratings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet that's amazing though. Have you got any images on your socials of it yet? Or is it no, I haven't posted any I haven't really taken any pictures of it. Um but yeah, it looks <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I know it's awful. Yeah. Um <laughs> I might let him out of my room. <laughs> Go for it. See you later, Hunter. Bye, Hunter. We love you. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you on too. <laughs> Oh, I don't, don't know. I think it's probably fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you live in London? Me? Yeah. Yes, I live in London. Sorry, I cut be... out for a second. Oh, sorry. It must be constant then the fireworks at this time of year. Yeah, there've been there've been fireworks so much. Like there were fireworks in the three days leading up to Halloween as well. I think he he's kind of getting used to them because there've been so many. Like there were even fireworks on the fourth of July. Like we're in London. Why <laughs> yeah, would they? Do- I don't know. Bad of me. I don't know when Diwali is, but that's the festival of lights. There's always fireworks for that. Um, so mm. I feel like that. Then Halloween. Then actual bonfire night. Yeah, it's just and like a, it's relentless. That is. Have you seen the current drama that's going on about the multiple London tattoo conventions, Sophie? Oh, no, I haven't seen the drama. Um, someone told me about it, about um, about like a post made online about it. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. I decided I'm not going to like, I think I'm just going to wait which is the like I'm just gonna wait and see what like the right convention is and you know yeah it seems mad like I don't know if you've seen this Mick but basically like the the London Tattoo Convention was run by um Mickey Violetto I've said that right haven't I this is me wishing we had time to edit (laughs) is that is that the Great British Tattoo no so that's a different one at Ali Pali so the the London Tattoo Convention was at Baco Dog and like really awesome lots of politics involved I don't know if this is how it was when it ended but it used to be um, invitation only and the calibre of people that worked there was incredible the co-director I guess organiser of the London Tattoo Convention passed away last year and then Mickey decided to um, not put it on again, decided that was it, like, over. So the owners of um, Total Tattoo have now organised their own tattoo convention in London um, and advertised that um, that's going to be on next September. So then 
the London Tattoo Convention Instagram page put a post up, a really angry red background post saying, just to clarify, this other tattoo convention whose branding is remarkably similar to ours um, and it's in the same uh, place, same sort of dates, it's nothing to do with us, um, but we are now going to come back, so we'll be on it as well. Yeah, so it just like, and I've seen quite a few tattooists saying... The politics are unnecessary. Everyone's really happy to see another tattoo convention. If that means another one, there's going to be two now, then awesome, because we've missed out on this for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've not had any fun. Um, why can't we just have another convention? Like, just because it's in London, it doesn't take anything away from the London tattoo convention. Like, Brighton doesn't take anything away from the Great British Tattoo Show. Or, um, it, you know, it's just dramatic at the moment and I felt a bit sorry for well I felt a bit sorry for Perry at Total Tattoo um holy shit I was oh my god I was just dog his claw <laughs> so... <laughs> there was some sharp claws that just went into my um a scar on my ankle <laughs> That's not, he's, I said he knows what he's doing. I find that scar, yeah. that'd be really sensitive. Is that a sign that I shouldn't have spoken about that? <laughs> no. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Love a bit of drama. I know. Yeah. I'll be happy to go to both. God, I'd be so happy just to go to a convention at this point. When was the last time you did one? Um, Brighton. Um, 19. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was because Brighton was meant to be in the. It was meant to be in lockdown. Have mm. you ever, have you worked a convention, Sophie? Yeah, so I've done Bristol and the London convention once. Um, but yeah, so I did the last Bristol convention, which was really really cool. I did that with Fresh Street. Um, did I do them? Yeah, I've done them all with Fresh Street actually. Um, which was really, really cool because I, I worked when I was apprenticing at Song Blue. I um I was like assisting at the London convention. I wow. was like um so it was Dan Crow and Ruby Quilt who and um and Jack Watts who were tattooing and I was just like running around sorting stuff for them. And then I worked at the last, not the last London convention, the one before that. Um and that's when I got tattooed by Chris Garver, actually. I said to I said oh. to Dante, I was like, my um my like Guy Neutron who works at Love Hate um Chris always works with him they used to work together in Miami so when when Chris Garver comes to London he works at Guy's shop and um and I said to like I knew the manager of Love Hate and I was like I would give my right eyeball to get tattooed by Chris Garver at the convention and they like figured something out and they squeezed me in so I I went to Dante and I was like do you mind if I for a couple of hours and, and he knew how much I wanted to get tattooed by him so he didn't care I just like skipped off and he drew it on he had a he had a like a packet of um of they weren't sharpies they were like really cheap marker pens that he got for his kids and um <laughs> and he was like oh fuck it I'm just gonna draw it on with these and he drew like I mean I I couldn't even see anything he was like I'm gonna show you in the mirror but you're not gonna see anything it just looks like a complete mess and I obviously wasn't gonna complain about that I was like very happy for him to do what everyone did and um and there's a picture of me actually on my Instagram in the tag photos like very awkwardly sitting like this (laughs) with him tattooing my neck and I felt like a 
and it properly afterwards I was just trying to because there, there wasn't a bench he just he was like just in this little corner literally an A4 piece of paper with Chris with like the name Chris Garver printed on it in really simple font and then um and this little chair and we just we did it like that but we quite and then I felt like um I felt like I was at a zoo because I felt like I was in a uh, zoo because there was this huge crowd of people watching me and I was just like wanted to fall. yeah everyone was just <laughs> staring and like I wanted to be cool like, that doesn't hurt it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is yeah that was a really lovely experience yeah. it is the thing when people come over and look and you're like a few hours in you've given the novelty's worn off fucking <laughs> yeah. really stings someone's asking you a question and you're going yeah it's fine actually it's fine <laughs> mine though I thought it I just thought it was really funny and I had like some of my friends were there and they were just like pointing and laughing at me <laughs> um but yeah it was a really it was an amazing experience loved it wow so nice I really didn't enjoy my neck being tattooed I mean like the tattooist is lush I got tattooed by Jay Black and she was obviously gorgeous but um I found it so painful yeah yeah it's weird like getting the the snake the tail of the snake I found really painful but I think because the whole snake was it was quite like a painful tattoo to get through when Valerie did this butterfly I was so shocked because I was in a real phase of like hating getting tattooed and um and she she started and I thought this is so weird this is like the first time I feel like I can say the tattoo doesn't hurt but it obviously did as time went on because it was getting swollen at least the first 45 minutes I was just completely relaxed I was so fine she did it so gently I seem to be fine actually from like from chest upwards including my arms I'm absolutely fine but anything below the chest, I cannot stand. I'm an actual nightmare to tattoo. <laughs> and now I'm such a baby. I'm just like, I'm going to... When I'm like, I had a huge piece by Claudia de Sable on my left thigh. It's like a huge dragon cover up of a terrible tattoo that I got like years ago. Um, and I used, I used like a numbing cream for that. But that was amazing because I, I was a bit embarrassed for using it, but... Um, we did like two five-hour sessions and there's no way in hell I would have been able to sit for five hours without it and so when Valerie's doing my right leg I and it just helps me sit for way longer I've got a question what was the terrible tattoo you got covered up I love telling this story okay so (laughs) I wanted a big tattoo I'd only had little walk-ins and um, I didn't know anything about tattooing but I really liked art and um, there's this painter Camilla Derrico and she does these really they're really beautiful paintings of they're basically like manga looking girls with um with sort of pastel colors around and when when around the time I got it done I was like a very pastel person I had like lilac hair and I had I basically had like a platinum mullet which I would constantly dye different colors and I would always wear like pastel clothes all the time um and so I was like this is the tattoo for me and it's a, it was like a manga girl with pink eyes and pink hair wearing a helmet that was covered in butterflies and holding an, a blue octopus <laughs> Fucking hell. which is a lot yeah and yeah. um and I want and it's like I think it's a watercolor painting 
and I didn't know anything about like water watercolor tattoos or anything like that and I just went to this woman and I was like hey is this can you do this as a tattoo and she was like yeah and I think she kind of liked the challenge of it um because she would do realism tattoos right and um I won't say who it was because I got it but, um, <laughs> but yeah so I had that really big on, on my left thigh really really big and <laughs> so yeah it was all pastel with no brush and wow. um and so obviously within like six months it faded so much it looked like I had something wrong with my skin and every time I get my legs tattooed the tattooer who like whoever the tattooer was would be like what the fuck is that <laughs> and um <laughs> And I'd be like, what? It's nice. And be like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> so eventually I got laser on it. I got two sessions of laser. And the two sessions of laser lessened it so much that um, Claudia did this huge dragon on it. It looks amazing. And it's dense because like it's to cover that, like we couldn't um, lift the red out of it. So it's got lots of cloud background and everything. But it looks so cool. I love it so much. And like you wouldn't know there was that tattoo underneath it. Something you said earlier about how you felt embarrassed about using numbing cream. I think there's been a shift recently in that numbing cream is not a swear word anymore. I remember when my I was getting, I can't remember what I was getting done, but I remember someone, someone was, this was probably 2014, 15. And someone said, can I, in the shop said, I use numbing spray and everyone laughed and it was like, no you fucking go through the pain or you don't fucking get tattooed. And they weren't being mean. I think that I don't know if numbing creams was shit back then as well. And fuck your skin up and all that stuff that w what we talk about on here, about how it affects your skin and, and makes the skin harder to, to get ink in and all that sort of stuff. But I've, I really do feel like in the last 18 months, there's been a shift. Is that because they've got better or because people have just stopped, stopped with this bullshit macho fucking, if you use, um, numbing cream you I don't know yep from questionable parentage and you're not allowed in well I like to think that um tattooers hate getting tattooed I don't know one tattooer who likes getting tattooed we're all over it and we all hate it and um <laughs> like every tattooer I know uses numbing cream when they get Same. tattooed yeah the yeah. novelty is gone like we have yeah. no desire to feel that anymore like mm. we've proved our toughness and like we're, we're over it now basically and so I think the fact like I think people started to acknowledge that like if we use it ourselves then maybe it's okay to let our customers use it but the way I see it is if I'm tattooing someone and they're wiggling around in pain and I could put vasocaine on it then why wouldn't I put vasocaine on it yeah like, I get so I find if someone's moving around too much in pain I like I know some people can be really like strict with them and be like, stop fucking moving. But I can't be like that. And if someone's like, if someone's really struggling, I either say like, I think you've had enough for today yeah. or like I'll force someone to tap out. Um, or I'll say like, let's have, let's have a little break. You can have a snack. Or if I've got like, as long as we've done the outline, I'll put Vasocaine on them. And that stuff is a little bit tricky because you have a time limit. Um, and you can only put it on a couple of times before it stops working, but it's still really, really useful. And like, there've only been two times when I've had to really like cheerlead people through the, their appointment to get like the outline done. Mm. Um, but they can always do it if 
if they know if someone's really struggling and they're jumping for every single line if you say to them like if you can get through this outline your reward will be numbing spray and <laughs> okay, I can do it and then they stay still well sometimes as well though like just just speaking nicely to a person and saying like I, I had a girl I'm sure she won't listen to this it's fine um I had a girl the other day and she wanted like uh, old English on her ribs so everything had to be really really neat and she wanted it with like soft shading not solid black so um and she was moving her feet like this to deal with the pain yeah and um and I was just I just said to her I was like every time you move your feet I didn't say it in a horrible way I was just like hey just so you know when you move your feet like that it makes your side move like this and I um this is what I always do with people if they're moving is I actually like moved her side because I feel like if you actually explain it to someone, they have to realize like, oh, wait, how can she possibly do a straight line with my skin moving around like that? <laughs> I think people don't like it doesn't occur to people that like if you move your foot that your ribs. Yeah. Are so I find sometimes just like gently explain, like, just so you know, I know it seems strange, but if you move your hand really suddenly, then your torso is going to move as well. Um, but yeah, I just try and be nice about it. Um, it goes back I to, think like sorry things we've people have said in here before it all goes back to the experience that the customer has and yeah if they have a fucking terrible time they're not going to come back again and if you even like if it's if it does hurt that much and there's a way of reducing that at, at any point of it that they end up with a better tattoo that they're happy with they're going to come back whereas if that doesn't happen they end up with a, a wobbly tattoo because they're jumping around to get the gaff to try and get rid of the pain and you're mm. getting cross with them and they're not having, they're not having a nice experience. So therefore it's a negative opinion on that, ex that experience, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think, um, I've, I've like, I have, sorry, I'm scratching at the door again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been quite lucky. People who've tattooed me have generally been really nice, but like, I've had a lot of tattoos of people come to get tattooed and they've said like that someone was really horrible to them. Yeah. And I just think like that's really awful. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really awful though, because people are in a really vulnerable position. A lot of the time they're half yeah. like sometimes we're in yeah. like a literally topless in a room full of people and they're feeling really vulnerable. They don't know you and they're trusting someone they've never met before to put someone on them that they're going to look at for the rest of their lives. Yeah. The least you can do is be nice to them. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Be nice to everyone. Just be nice. Yeah. Um, before we let you go and sort out your needy hunter, um, Matt mentioned, well, I saw, I've seen it actually, but I wasn't, I didn't realize that you're sort of key in organizing um, the recent exhibition you did at Seven Doors. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so the exhibition was called Art on Lockdown. Um, I noticed in lockdown, as everyone did, that tattooers were doing these incredible paintings and it was actually very cool to see like some people were doing really tattoo oriented paintings and some people were doing like really beautiful oil paintings and landscapes and scenery and things yeah and, and some people were doing embroidery it was it was really amazing and um and I thought like it someone needs to put all these things together I had absolutely zero intention of it being me I just said <laughs> seven doors puts on an exhibition every year so I just like I messaged um Rose Harley and I messaged Raf 
and asked if either of them wanted to put it on and that I would obviously help them. And both of them said, no, Raph said, you should message John Dix. And so I messaged John Dix and I was like, hey, I had this idea for an exhibition. He was like, brilliant, you can put the exhibition on. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not what I <laughs> so I only just started working at the shop. Like I, I think I was there for a month. I was there for two weeks and then we had the month long lockdown. And then I was there for another two weeks and then we were off for four months. So I felt like I hadn't even settled in yet. And I, I just thought like, I can't be putting on an exhibition at this shop I've just started yeah. at. That, would be, that does know. look big time, doesn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> rude somehow. Yeah. And, um, but John Dix was really encouraging. Everyone was really, really encouraging about it. And I thought like, I find it stressful just organizing my birthday. So the idea, <laughs> like, the idea of doing it was so stressful, but um, I invited people to be part of it. So I invited a bunch of people and asked um, people from Seven Doors to be part of the show and to each invite somebody. So we ended up having around 50 tattooers be part of the show. Um, and I was really happy to have some of my favourite tattooers be part of it. Like we had Duncan X and Oliver McIntosh and Valerie and Stuart from Modern Classic. Actually, I think everyone from Modern almost everyone from Modern Classic was able to be in the show and um, obviously go there to get tattooed quite a lot. So that was really lovely to have them be in the show. Um, got a bunch of the boys from Frith Street to be in it. And Jordan Tier designed the poster. He designed a, a poster and a flyer for it, which were both incredible. You can see them on my Instagram. You can press the little highlight that says art on lockdown to see um, the artwork he made for it. And, um, and yeah, we just kept getting more and more people. We got Alex Binney to be in it and um and yeah it grew into something really exciting and then we had to keep putting it off because of covid so um jordan had to keep redesigning the flyer ads messaging him every few weeks <laughs> hey, can you change the date to this <laughs> very sweet and he didn't seem to mind about it um so eventually we had a secure date and i thought 50 people were going to come i thought the number of people who were in the exhibition is how many people are going to come we just had it in the front of seven doors um because we didn't really want to disrupt people working in the shop so the waiting area it's really beautiful space and um and it actually was perfect size for everything so we left the main shop as it was so people could just keep working as normal and um got i like offered the guys from the shop uh, with the tattooers and the shop assistants um beer and pizza if they would help me so we had a little <laughs> bit of a party and then um, Jean-Luca from Modern Classic and Freddie Rica from um, Origin, he used to work at Seven Doors as well. And like a bunch of other people came and it turned into a bit of a party. It was really fun. Um, yeah, and we, people were like running around with polyfiller. I showed people how to do poly, how to like polyfill the holes and everyone was having this really funny. Jean-Luca was like running around polyfilling everything because he's like, so fun. <laughs> and um. And yeah, then event, it took like two days. The second day of putting everything up, um, I knew I was just being so obsessive about where everything was. I could not let anything go. I wanted everything to look perfect. So I was like, I'm gonna, I sent everyone home because um, I knew I just needed to sit with it by myself and I ordered a takeaway and there's a sofa in there. 
and I just sat on I just like slept on the sofa I ordered um I ordered some <laughs> Korean food and I kept snoozing on the sofa and I put on Seinfeld on Netflix and just kept <laughs> well I think I moved everything two or three times before it was ready and eventually got some sleep um so yeah by the time of the actual show I was very sleep deprived and <laughs> and I was feeling really tired but it was I was getting really excited about it and then before I knew it people started coming in and then they just didn't stop and we were trying to figure out how many people were ultimately there um and we think it must have been like around 200 250 people and I thought people were gonna come oh the whole of fashion street was just full of tattooers like the cars couldn't drive down the street they were honking trying to get through it was like it was amazing I couldn't believe it so I was quite startled the whole time um there was a little desk I hired Libby who's one of the shop assistants to help with selling paintings so she was sitting behind the front desk and I think I spent quite a lot of time standing with her behind the desk so I felt like I felt a bit safer a little barrier (laughs) Yeah, I had a barrier. I had a little angel like taking care of me. Um, But yeah, it was amazing. And I saw so many people I hadn't seen and it became what I really wanted it to be, which was a reunion for everybody. Yeah. Like showing the artwork that people did was one thing that I was really excited about. But really, like we hadn't had a convention for so long. And normally there are art shows and things all the time. And tattoos are always meeting up and partying together. And we hadn't done it for years. So... I think that's that's what it became was a huge reunion for people. Oh, it sounds incredible. I I'm sad to have missed out on that. I have to just have another one. Would you yeah, do it again? I probably wouldn't do it on my own. If I did it with <laughs> someone else, because I did, it was um it was a lot of work for me to do on my own. And I stupidly didn't take any time off work. So I worked solidly for two weeks. I was like tattooing right up to it and then preparing for the exhibition and then like the day after the exhibition I was tattooing the next day and I was like why have I done this to myself I should have like <laughs> a week off work because I still we still had to take everything down again and put the shot back how it was yeah. so um so yeah it was quite a juggle of everything but it's definitely something that I would be open to doing again if I had a partner yeah yeah but, oh. yeah, yeah I'm proud of doing it by myself though sounds amazing it's just like chatting to you has been one of those like you know it all kind of came together really quickly and sometimes it just works out so well I've really enjoyed meeting you and chatting to you it's been just a pleasure um I wish we had got you on sooner and then we could have you on multiple times (laughs) it's just been lush thank you so much for coming on Um, thank you yeah it has been a real honor to have you on and I'm always in London. I always work with Matt um, at Origin. So please let's hang out. That'll be awesome. I'm actually there tomorrow if you're around. Um, yeah. Busy tomorrow, but maybe I could. Oh, I don't know how I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're real, they won't find out unless they listen to this. I know. Yeah. Will we? Will, will uh, we not? We listen to the they? next episode <laughs> and you'll find out if we got married. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sophie thank you so much again it's been awesome thank you so much Lucy it's been so lovely thank you Mick you're welcome thank you we know we know we're just saying Mick to be polite because he's making a nest that weed on himself in the seat because he's in the room I've got to (laughs) shut up because the fucking fireworks are going mad off around here so I'm gonna fuck off for it
<laughs> awesome. Thank you again, Sophie. Take care now. Bye. Bye.